when they had nailed Jesus to the cross, they began to celebrate as they put him in the tomb that it was over. But Jesus does not follow order from the flesh. He follows order from the faith. So when flesh, flesh wanted to hold him, faith raised him up. That's why the enemy couldn't take you down because faith was holding you up. When you gave up, faith stepped in and said, not today. Woo, man. You know, it's something that when the world deals you something, the enemy tries to throw fear at you. And all you need is one other person to believe with you. You can walk into a courtroom and the judge just scratch his head and say, I don't even know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Amen. I'm just going to bless you today. Amen. They said you was going to get 10 to 20, but I'm going to give you 10 to 20 minutes. You out of here. Hallelujah. See, you, you, you. Ah, I'm just so happy today. Because God has showed out in your life. Here's some news. He's not done yet. All right, let's read the word of God together. Wait, let's stand to your feet. If you can, if you can't, stay seated. But if you can stand, go ahead and stand. We're going to read this word with power today. We believe it. Say, I believe. I believe. All right, let's go. And God is able. To make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance of every good work. Look at somebody and say, You got it all. You got it all. All right, two passages of text, two passages of text. I want, I want to continue talking Amen. about this grace, this grace that really, really had nothing to do with you, okay? Grace is all about God, okay? Um, say it's more than that. Anything that you try to describe grace to be, it will always be more than that. We started teaching on this series that grace is more than that. And we, we began to talk about a certain subject that grace is. And today, today I'm going to talk about, talk about um, that you're positioned by grace. Okay? Um, you really need to understand because if you didn't position you, you have to understand who did position you. And, and the, the good news is that if God did it, so be it. Amen. Amen. But there, there's been a problem because we've gotten out of position every now and then. Second Chronicles chapter number 20, ver one verse, verse number 17. Second Chronicles 20, 17. And then we'll go to Hebrews 13. And seven. Second Chronicles 20, verse number 17. Second Chronicles 20, verse 17. When you get there, shout amen. amen. If you need a minute, say, hold up. 
All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for setting this table before us. Lord, you said you prepared the table before us in the presence of our enemy. Lord, we're focused on you. We don't care nothing about our enemies. They're in your hands. So now, Lord, let us feast at your table. For you said those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Come fill us, Lord. For we are your children called by your name. We just ask you now that you would grace us, that we would have an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. We declare that we are your church. So come now and speak to us that we may be changed to be more like you. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you alone. And as I stand, Lord, I know, Lord, that I am not the preacher nor the teacher, but let your spirit manifest that it would come and preach through me and teach through me, God. Consecrate me as only you can, that I may be fit to be used by you. And after all is said and done, you, Father, will be glorified. We, your body, will be edified. And the devil will be horrified. Father, we thank you. And all that believe, shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. One verse, one verse, one verse. <clears throat> the Lord speaks. He says to King Jehoshaphat, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, Brentwood, Oakley, and Antioch, Contra Costa County, Alameda, California, United States, worldwide. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord is with you. Amen. Amen. You will not need to fight. Position yourself and be still. Position yourself and be still. <sighs> Hebrews 13, verse 7, 8, and 9. You ready? Hebrews. Chapter 13, verse 7, 8, and 9. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Last verse. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrine for it is good that the heart be established by Hallelujah. not with foods 
which will not profit those who have been occupied with them. For it is good that the heart be established by grace. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes. I, I believe the Lord wants you to know that, know your position, and that you have been positioned by grace. The second thing, when you, while you're taking your seat, remember, grace is keeping you, not you. You may be seated. Just tell your neighbor, say, grace is keeping you. I, I, I looked at Hebrews chapter number 13, and um, the writer in this chapter begins to talk, talk about, um, first, let brotherly love continue. And don't forget to entertain strangers. He, he is, there's so much, he's shifting gears in this particular chapter. Um, and I, I, I would advise you to read it. Um, the whole chapter, but I'm going to talk to you about uh, these three verses because I believe that the believers who, who, listen, who realize that it is God himself that has pulled you into him. He is in you and you are in him. And even when you step outside of him, there's a greater you, which is him in you that will bring you back to him. And that is him working in a system that had to bypass you, so he gave you what's called his spirit so that he could fully operate you. That even when your mind begins to take over the wheel, his spirit will uh, even bypass your mind to bring you back so that he could clean your mind up. The enemy has been warring against you in your mind. He has set up a system so that the believers um, who have been focused on sights will believe what they see so they would not be able to focus on what they don't see. And so I want you to understand that faith is the vehicle that God has chosen. For it is by grace that we have been saved, but it is through faith. Therefore, the enemy is trying to come against your faith. As a matter of fact, he even said to Peter, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith Fail not. I'm not worried about you, Peter. The faith is what's keeping you. And so I prayed for your faith, and your faith is believing in the things that you hope for, not in what you see. Because everything that the devil shows you is a lie. And he's trying to produce fear which is false evidence of something appearing real. Yeah, preacher, but it is real sometimes because sometimes sickness comes. Well, he's a healer, and sickness didn't come to curse a believer. Sickness will come so the healer can come and show who he is in your life. So trouble... Don't come because God is mad at you. Trouble come so that he could show himself to be the bridge over the troubled water. If there was no trouble, he wouldn't be able to show up and show his grace in the area in which you need him. I want to talk to the people who really need Jesus. And so he the enemy is trying to infiltrate you by showing you stuff. And a lot of us watch too much TV. 
because the enemy is owning the airways. Trying to get you to talk about what's going on in the world system so you'll quit talking about what's going on in the word system. I want to talk to the people who want to talk about Jesus. <laughs> it is a setup. It is a trick. God has given the enemy power in this world system. He is the prince of the air. But he did not give him the authority that he has given us to dominate this earth realm. He called you to dominate. And if you see something wrong and begin to talk about what's wrong, you are operating in a world system. But he called you so that you can look at what's wrong and believe that it should be right. And call those things that are not as though they were and be still and see God watch it come to be. I want to talk to the people who's bold enough to walk into a troubled situation and say not today. My God has given me victory and I am claiming victory in every area that my foot shall tread. The power of God is able. The writer writes, the writer writes, he, he writes to us to help us understand what God has already done. And so God has built the system called the church. And, he, and a lot of us think that the church building is the issue. And so we focus on the building, but he called you to be the church that he may live in you. And that when we come together, we get a great manifestation of God. And I looked at it for a minute because I looked at just turning on one light. But when I was driving to my nephew's football game on Friday night, I seen a whole bunch of lights from a far distance. And that just let me to see God's system. When all of us lights come together, people in darkness will be able to see the power of God from far away. And people in your family who is not saved yet, by you coming together with other lights, they'll be able to see the light. Stop staying at home and being alone. When you come together, the power of God is released in this place and it begins to change people's lives who are not even here. writer he he starts off and he deals with the head of the church and he says he said um the ones who have been giving you the word he said follow their faith oh wait a minute but preacher there's been a whole lot of people giving the word but their life was raggedy. There's been some preachers that had people drink Kool-Aid that killed them. Huh? There's been some preachers that led people down the wrong way and was claiming it was the right way. But the, the, the writer says, when he says the one who has given you the word, he is not speaking about just reading it. See, anyone who is not living the word, you shouldn't follow them anyway. See, and that's what happened. And you get mad at the preacher, but you need to get mad at you. Because God told you to follow him. And if the preacher is not living the word that he's preaching, then you have no business following in other words, if his life isn't preaching the same servant that his mouth is preaching, then it's time for you to leave. Sometimes we'll just want to play the blame game. Huh? Let, me, let me tell you something about the blame game. 
You know how we'll do, well, there was that preacher. I'm not giving no more money to the church. Last time I gave some money. What's that got to do with you and God? He messed up. Don't let his mess up cause you to follow him. I'm not giving no more money to the church. It wasn't your money anyway. I'm not going to be a part of no more auxiliary. Now you want to follow a devil. That was the devil's rebellion. And now the devil tries to lead the people into rebellion. You see how crafty he is? And then he'll get you to do this. Well, if it weren't for him, he did this and he did that. Now you are making accusations. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser. So when you begin to make an accusation, whether it's true or false, you are now working as a devil. In other words, now we're going to need to do this. Because what comes out of your mouth, if it's not giving God glory, trust me, it's giving the devil glory. And it's time now for everybody to start glorifying God. He deserves to be glorified. He has done so much. If he don't do nothing else for you, the grace that he's given you, listen, you, that grace, you know that secret stuff that only you and him know about and he didn't kill you for it? That grace, you ought to be praising God for that grace. Oh, goodness, that grace. He says, so the first thing he says to us is follow faith, not flesh. Because the truth be told, if it's not the preacher, it's somebody else. You're following somebody else to get close to God. You can't get to close to God unless you follow after him. So he says, the very first thing. Tell your neighbor, say, follow the faith. And then he shifts gear. He says, he says in verse 8, he says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So our second point is grace is present and permanent. Write that down. Grace is present and permanent. If you leave, grace ain't leaving. Grace is anchored. It is permanent and there's nothing you can do about it. And the, the scripture is saying that Christ is the same. God says, I'm the Lord thy God, I change not. Well, if God don't change, Jesus is the same. If that is the case, then what changes? It has to be you. If God is remaining the same, then the problem must not be God. The problem has to be you. And as long as you change from his will into your own will, it will be a problem. But if you can position yourself and be still, See, the problem is we position ourselves, but we're so used to change that we don't hold on to unchange. See, if you hold on to God while it's changing, it'll be okay with you. Uh, The issue is when things start changing, so do you. Because you will start to change yourself to fit into a certain environment. But you don't have to do that. You can stay the same and make the environment change to fit into you. Oh, goodness. Ah. 
And so we react based on change instead of holding on to the unchanging. Let me explain this so, so you might get it. Uh, you allow circumstances and situations and people who change to change you. I believe each and every one of us loves being happy. You need me to smile. How many of you love being happy? I believe each and every one of us loves to live in peace. But we allow other circumstances to change what we love. If you love being happy, stay there. I wish to God he would blow a whistle every time we get out of position. Throw up a yellow flag. Y'all used to that. He has positioned us in him. It's up to you to hold your position. So he says, position yourself. And don't let nobody else take you out of position. I thought about that for a minute because I love football. I don't watch it too much anymore, but I love the game. And the defensive players, they would get ready. And they get down and set in a position. And the thing about them is they try to get lower than the offense so that they can have that position to overpower them. And see, what we've done is we've gotten out of position because the moment something happens, we try to get above it. Instead of recognizing that somebody who's messed up needs your bless up. You want to throw your chest up and throw your attitude out there, and that changes you from being happy based on what somebody else did. Uh. And so, and so, in the game, they get down, and the offense can't move until the ball is moved. And so the defense has to stay there, too. And based on the movement of the ball, they have to go at one another. And sometimes we move just because the other side moved. If the defense stays in position and the offense moves, there's a penalty that goes up against the offense. But if the defense moves and crosses the line, the penalty goes up against the defense. Whether you are on the offense or the defense, it is not up to you to start moving. It is up to you to be still. Because the moment you start moving, there comes a penalty against you because you're the one who moved. That's why the Bible says, be still and see God work it out for you. You can't fix everything. I know you're sharp, but there's some trouble that will happen in your life that God has to handle. He says, position yourself. And a lot of times we get out of position based on what happened. Sometimes you want to leave a church based on sin. What about the sin you brought into it? You know, we have to understand we, we didn't create the position. Grace did. If, if it wasn't for God's grace positioning you, we would all be on our way to hell. But God. So then, preacher, this is tough. 
because sometimes stuff happens in life and I, I'm all over the place. And if the wrong person approached me the wrong way, I'll leave the building. What do I do? Listen, the enemy is going to do things in your life to get you to act crazy. He wants to get you out of position. Because as long as you are in position, you have grace for everything. Who's grace? God's grace. And that's not just forgiveness. That's grace to be successful, grace to be peaceful, and grace to just mess up and be happy no matter what's going on in your life. See, see, God will give you that if you're in position. And so the enemy wants you out of position. Somebody say, but God. God has a plan. And so in the middle of change, if we hold on to God and allow him to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of, then you're able to stay in position. How do you do it? 1 John 2.20. I want you to see that you're not really doing it. But you have everything to do what God wants you to do. Say everything. everything. You are equipped. You are equipped. How are you equipped? By the anointed one. So no matter what's going on in your life, if you're going to use a butt, let's use the butt followed up with this. Somebody read it. You have an anointing. What is the anointing? Christ dwelling in you. That's why you can quote the scripture, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You have an anointing of grace that lives in you. He positioned himself in you. And now you have this anointing to know all Things that will keep you from falling into the enemy's hands. Because truly God is the only one that knows everything. But he has given you his spirit so that you can know what to do, when to do it, and who to follow. You have the anointing. So you quit depending on your thinking and start depending on the anointing. It's about what's in you more than it is about what you know. Verse 27, put that on the board. Twenty-seven. <clears throat> Cause sometimes we have more than one butt. You know how you you know the truth? But I know what I'm supposed to do, but I know God's going to handle it. Why are all these but? How about this? I'm supposed to lose my mind, but God. So, but the anointing which you have received from who? From him abides in you. Now, now it says abides in you. That means it is anchored. It will remain. Even when you drift, it can't drift. When a ship begins to drift, it will drift away from where it was originally based on how the water is moving. 
The water, listen, the water will move it around. And sometimes we've allowed things to move us around that we shouldn't have allowed to move us around because the only reason why we moved is because we were not anchored in the anointing which is in us so that we drifted away. And the Bible is teaching, don't be drifting away based on this false teaching and how things are changing in this life. Trust me. This word is going to help you when the enemy comes in to drift you away. Go ahead and say, I'm anchored. anchored. He says, from him who abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things. Now, the anointing is teaching you because sometimes you know better, but just made a choice not to do better. Which means that, see, the anointing is in you and you allow what somebody else did to cause you not to obey the spirit that's in you. And even when you know I'm not supposed to do this, you mess up and do it anyway. And so, the, listen, the anointing is there so that you won't do it again. And so sometime when you mess up, God will have to do something, chastise the one he loves so that he could get you back into the position in which he has purchased you to be in. What position? You're a child of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You have access to the entire kingdom. And God wanted me to tell you today that you have been positioned in this. You didn't have to earn a position. It's not about anything that you've done. It's about everything that he has done for you so that he can make you one of his children in spite of everything that we have done. Now that is grace. And then he says, and is this true? And it's not a lie. And just as it has been taught to you, check this out. Read the last part. You will abide in him because he is the same. Last thing he says, verse number nine, he says, do not be carried about by various and strange doctrine, for it is good that the heart be established by grace. So God comes in. He establishes your heart. In Romans, he said he has given us grace for grace. He establishes your heart so that now you begin to have a heart like Christ. What kind of heart did Christ have for you? That his grace never, ever talked about how wrong you were. You notice when Jesus walked through the, on all the gospel, he walked, he walked along the earth and he met people who were liars. He'd stealers, adulterers, fornicators, and never once did he talk about their sin but he talked about a savior. That's the grace that God has positioned you in. And the same grace that he has given you is the grace that he wants you to give others. You know what I found out? I found out that God loves me. And when I look closer, he likes me too. When I embraced how much he loves me, I wanted to turn around and love him the same. And in loving him, there is a requirement. It's called obedience. And Jesus says it this way. He says, in order... To follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself. That is the biggest enemy you got. You've been blaming Satan because he taught you to. 
You know, it's something that the believers always blame Satan. Oh, the devil is like, yeah, we know that. Oh, man, he's so busy. Yeah, we know that too. Oh, the devil did this. Well, the devil's at work. But he can't win in no, any area of your life unless you give him access. So if you want to blame anybody, blame you. And the only reason why he had access is because you wanted to do it and not the anointing. That's why Jesus says, deny yourself. It's not about you. Grace is about what he's doing. Guilt is what we give out. No, that's what we used to give out. Because we're pronouncing benediction on that spirit. The church has been guilty of trying to make people feel guilty, but not no more. We're going to release grace in this place. Everybody who's got grace, can you release grace? And so we get ready to fight. We'll fight the bill collector. Huh? There's some bill collectors that do wrong stuff. I'm just telling you, it is what it is. You know, you get something on your bill, you say, where this come from? You call them up and they say, oh, we're sorry, we'll take it off your bill. But if you wouldn't have never made the call, they wouldn't have never took it off your bill because they're crooks. Okay? But God will take care of them too. Because he's raw like that. So you don't worry about what they do. It's about what he does. See, well, listen, sometimes God, God has so much for you. And you worried about what, what, what left. And you start talking about what's gone. How about talking about what you got? You know, stuff left. Oh, they repoed my car. You still got a wife. And you can walk. And you can work. And you can see. God, listen, God don't take nothing from you that he won't bless you even more. So God don't want you focusing on what's gone. And so what happens is we want to fight with folks. With your attitude. And then we start fighting with one another. Instead of giving one another grace. In the church, we worry about little, simple stuff. Oh, this should have happened. Oh, that should have happened. Well, it didn't happen. Get over it. When all of that didn't happen, God was still happening. So finally, he, 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 he tells us, don't let nothing, no doctrine, not even your own, carry you away. Because that's a, that's a trick of the enemy to get you to think other than what God has purposed for you. But how do we do that? The writer says to King Jehoshaphat, when all this trouble and all the enemies was coming against him, there was no way to win. He said, all right, well, we're going to just praise God. How about that? King Jehoshaphat the enemy had surrounded them, and they was going to annihilate them. He said, what do we do? To the king, what do we do? We're going to praise God. Amen. We, listen, we're the tribe of Judah. Trouble don't change who we are. We're God's children. Trouble don't change who we are. We are worshipers, Hallelujah. and trouble don't change who we are. Amen. We have been established by grace, and trouble don't change who we are. Well, what do we do then, preacher? King Jehoshaphat, the Lord said, be still. Position yourself. And stop making me blow the whistle and throw yellow flags in your life. Be still. 
stay there. No matter what it looks like. No matter what it feels like. Stop trying to figure it out and just faith it out. Just believe that God is going to work it out. If you can believe that a quarterback has two minutes to march it down the field, to score a touchdown, and it's your team, and you can cheer them on and get excited when they got 90 yards to go. You are excited cheering your team on to get down a football field when God don't have to do anything but move his hips because his hips sit on the circles of the earth. God could change it right now. Can you believe God like you believe those 11 men? Oh, oh goodness. And begin to praise him and begin to see your victory going across the line. You know, it's something. I was in football stadium and, and Raiders, Raiders were getting smashed. And I was ready to switch my jersey because I don't care. I just like, I like to win. And people call me a bandwagon because I like to win. Because once I got saved, I got on the Jesus team, and I ain't getting off. And I found out that when I win, I'm happier. So I made a choice to be a winner fan. And the quarterback came out there, and they were down by seven. It was 53 seconds on the clock. And the people was going nuts. They didn't put their beers down. I'm watching. And they're going crazy. And they're losing. Because they wasn't focused on where they were. They were focusing on what they believed to be. It got so crazy in the stadium that the quarterback had to tell the crowd, stop praising. Can you imagine if the church if the church could position themselves to see that no matter what it looks like. Oh, God. I know who the quarterback is. And he don't even need 53 seconds. He can do it in a twinkling of an eye. He's holding it all in his hand. Can we just praise? Oh, God. Oh, God. get in a position that he called us to and don't leave he said just stay there you know what I see the linemen when the ball is now they gotta start moving God says 
let them move. Because I have them run into one another. He says, listen, now, now check this out. Because you have to understand when you're positioned in him, you are part of the plan. If you hold back your praise, he holds back the victory. We, and, and you know, I wouldn't trip. I wouldn't really wouldn't trip if I wouldn't have went to those games. And there was a whole lot of church people. At the game. And I, I seen them in church. I, excuse me. But I read the word. And the Bible taught me to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the land, and serve him. The Bible said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall surely be in my mouth. Oh, come with me. Let's magnify the name of the Lord together. All taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. And it's almost like this. He's sitting there watching over all that's connected to him. And when one of us sins... He does this to God. Come here for a minute. He has positioned Hector to be joint heirs. He is connected and positioned by grace. And the power of grace is upon him. It is so powerful that when he gets up out of his seat and he's not supposed to, when he's sinning, Jesus says, I got this. And his blood covers God's eyes. And he cleans up his calling. And he cleans Hector up. And he sits him back down. Then he releases the eyes of God. So God never saw the sin while grace was performing the work. Is there anybody in here that sees victory the way I still? Oh, God. Everybody rest to your feet. Rest to your feet. It's about about being directed back to position. It'd be nice for Jesus to not have to keep putting his blood over God's eyes. But he could just stand up and start doing like this because the praises are going so hard. 
Wouldn't it be nice if the seraphims would stop, would stop praising God because they hear something in the earth realm that's greater than what's going on in the heavenly realm. God has positioned us so that we would understand how great he is. And not get carried away by any of the moving stuff in your life. You stay anchored in him. Because the ship will move, but no further than the anchor would let it move. That's why you couldn't get away. You did it, but he let grace clean you up because he does not give up on who he's blessed up. As we get ready to go, this is more than a sermon. This is a life. This is what's called a Keros moment. This is a right now moment with God. And he wants you to see him as he is. We see him when we want to pray, God, can you do this and can you do that? He's greater than that. He's, he's already said, I've given you grace for everything. You don't even have to ask me for it. I've given you grace. And when you need more, I'm going to make it abound towards you. If you just stay in position. He seated you in the heavenlies. You are a child of God. The word says joint heirs with Jesus. What I love about being an heir of Christ is you don't have to die to inherit. Except for dying to yourself. When you die to yourself, you inherit every gift of God. And that's why he's saying, I positioned you. Get out of it. And let me have my way with you. I have much bigger and greater plans than your mind has been thinking. That's why Ephesians 3.20 says, I'll do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can think or imagine. He has more. And he wants you to understand it's here already. He's giving you the grace. And we're so busy dibbing and dabbing in sin to please ourselves, that we do not operate in the fullness of his grace which would mean that we can do anything we would see success in his kingdom like never before Amen. now let me share this with you it's happening that's why his word says there's going to be a transfer of wealth into the kingdom. But it's coming through grace. That's why he wants you to understand grace. Because he positioned you so that he could transfer in. Say, the struggle is real. Remember how I told you he's the same, the word said he's the same today, yesterday, and ever, forevermore, right? Don't you remember? The struggle was real in Egypt. 
he wasn't making them struggle so that they could be mad and hurt and disappointed and say, why God do this? He was making them struggle so that they would become more intimate and connect with one another. And they went in with just a few people, but they came out with a million people because of what God allowed that looked bad. Check this out. When they left Egypt, they left Egypt with a wealth transfer. All the silver and gold that they had in bondage in Egypt, God's grace was so on the people. When, he, when they left, they took it all with them. So we can't complain about our struggle. Get excited about God's grace. That's abounding.